You know, today, today is the day that the Lord has made and he's got purpose in everything he does. He's got a plan for it. He's got a program for it. He's got purpose for it. And it's for the people of God to be admonished, rebuked, and encouraged. Yes. And today's word, I believe, will bring all three of those, however it fits. If it fits, wear it. If it doesn't, pass it on, you'll get the other one. Uh, this is going to be, this is a hard subject today, uh, and it's serious, and it's, it's not happy clappy, but I hope it'll be clappy. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's the heart of God. I, I was late to worship because I was back there in my office. I couldn't come in here. And I just, I just feel like that God wants to release some things today to us as a church. I, I think he's well pleased in so many things that we're open to and ready to receive and ready to go with. And there's so many places today that go to church for one reason, to unload. And that's nothing wrong with that. But there's a lot more to it than just unloading. There's an edification process. And sometimes that edification puts a smile on your face and sometimes it gets a little heavy because he's building you up for bigger and better things. He has a purpose. Jesus didn't say in Mark 28 and in Mark, excuse me, Mark 16 and Matthew 28 to go to church to be blessed. He said, get this word out. Preach it. Disciple people. Make, make the reality of God with us known to them. That we should know God and make him known. And our country right now is not in very good shape. And that's an understatement. But there is an answer. And that answer is a name. And that name is Jesus. And if we'll do our part in that, God will do miracles beyond what you've ever thought or imagined to reach people. And all the way from, you know, people 30 years older than me to Gen Z all the way through it, he has a work to do. And the world needs what the first century church did. It is these that turned the world upside down. And we have an opportunity to turn the world in our area upside down because it is standing on its head with its feet in the air kicking. And there's pushing and shoving and cramming going on that's of the demonic forces of evil, and we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with those demons and all those the, the spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of this world, spiritual wicknesses. That's where our fight is. It's not with people. Some people are just downright evil. Some people are just deceived, and some people don't know what's going on, and some people know Jesus, and some of those people know Jesus are actually doing what he said. And I believe that applies to us. I believe that we're not just here for a show or here for a religious duty, but we're here 
to make Jesus known in our lives throughout the whole entire week. I'm going to share you something today that I believe is so important that we grasp it. And we need to pray that this message goes out on our website and YouTube all over. There's a lot of hits that have to happen on this because God's going to be sharing very, very similar things with other pastors in this country. And there's a lot of churches that are just going to sit there and put a smile on their face and, you know, go to sleep a little bit and wake up next year. And that not, that, that's not our ploy. That's not our plight. But what, I, what our plight is, is to make Jesus known. And that is not, it is a command, but it's an opportunity. We have an opportunity in our country today like we've never had before. More people living here, more people to be touched, less recognition of God, less recognition of truth, more deception. What was that, the word you spoke this morning, but a, a false covenant, something like that? We've got a lot of work to do. And glory to God, we are not using Jesus as the co-pilot in our cars. We're going to be his co-pilot. And as he carries us, we shall go. And as he opens our mouths, we shall speak. And as he touches our knees, we'll fall to those knees and pray. And believe God for a turnaround in our country and in this world today. You know, some people say, well, that's last days, last days. Come on, Jesus, come on back. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's where your, your heart is, you need to make some adjustments. Because there's too many people that would be left behind. There's too many people you know, you love, you care about. There's too many people that you don't know that I hope you care about. So let's get into the word. I want to say a couple of things real quickly. Wednesday night, we're doing, uh, we're bringing out some truths that have been in hidden deceptions or common sayings or things that are just not biblical. And we shared, started that last Wednesday, and we're going to continue that. And if you have any thought, idea, question, please, please, please put it on a Connect card today and drop it in the offering bucket. And we will talk about those as we have time for. But we shared quite a few different things last week, and I believe it was good for those that were here. If you weren't here, you probably didn't get much out of it. Come on now, somebody smile. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, also, there are some things that we need to, uh, we could use some help with. So uh, we need people standing on the front door. We need some greeters. We need people to just do some of the small things to take it and own it. Now, we've got some great volunteers. There's no doubt about that. But we could use more. So as God puts something on your heart, bring it to our attention. Let's talk about it. Uh, Brad's got all kinds of good people back there. and The stage is full of them. And uh, Pastor Kelly works with, with some, and I work with some, and all together, it is good. Now, Dion just walked out of the room. <laughs> Dion is our newest addition to staff. And I want you to know that, a lot of you do already, but she is uh, executive assistant. So she's going to do all the work that I don't do, which I'm going to give her lots of stuff. <laughs> so y'all be praying for her. She has the heart of this church, and she exemplifies that. 
And it's so good to have somebody help doing some of these things. So, um, you know, uh, it, it, she's available. She's going to be answering the phone. She's going to be doing a lot of things in the office. She's going to be here most every day except Monday. Uh, so we have a lot of changes that are going on that God's building us and preparing us for such a time as this. Yes. Hallelujah. And then we still have a few of these left. <laughs> Load up. They're back there on the table. Load up on the tracks. I gave one of these to a person yesterday. And he goes, golly, this is really cool. It's, it stirs questions, doesn't it? Yes, that's the intention. He goes, and it's not in your face slapping me around. It's just, you know, asking me some things I need to be thinking about. Yeah. And this person's a Christian already. But I, I thought, I said, I want, to, I want your perspective on this. And that's one way you can talk to people. If you've never known them before, you say, hey, would you give me your perspective on this and see what you think about it? Well, I'm going to have your grandmother talk to you. <laughs> She's got this vicious right head that gives a back deal. And I want to, you to have that. Well, what you need to do is memorize that. Okay. And be ready to call it back. I might call you up on stage next week and say. I'll actually be out of town. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're going to take care of you, wild girl. That's Gen Z for you. You see what you got to deal with? <laughs> I tell you what, I love your heart. <laughs> uh, praise God. Okay, let's get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are here today in significance. Holy Spirit, you are here today lifting up Jesus. You're, you're here today anointing what you want done. You're here today to give us the opportunity and our marching orders to see things happen for your glory, for your joy. And Jesus, you went to the cross for these days. You, for the joy set before you, you went to the cross to save us, to redeem us, to fill us with your spirit, to, to bring hope and righteousness and joy in the hearts of people that we can walk in love towards each other that we can give the good news to people. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we're led of your spirit today. Discharge everything you want to discharge to us. I thank you for opening our hearts and our eyes and our ears to receive every bit of what you have. In the name of Jesus. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, John chapter 4, woman at the well, Jesus meets her. You know the story. Um, he's already talked to her. I'm not going to go over that. If you don't know it, read in John 4. A very well-known story and a wonderful thing. John 4, 27. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, she was there at noon to draw water. She was a Sumerian, and she wasn't a righteous living person. You know that story. But Jesus spoke to her and gave her the words of life. And 
the woman went back to the town and said to the people, she left her jar there. She was so enthused with what Jesus had just done in her life that she left the purpose that she was on for a higher calling. Good place to say amen, amen or oh me. <laughs> Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. He didn't say everything he'd ever done, but it did to her is everything's important. You know, you've been married five times and you're shacked up right now. That's what he told her. And he said, if you come to me, you'll be able to drink of water and you'll never thirst again. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. They came out of to hear about this prophet, about this person about this man who had the words of life to people. She turned immediately into an evangelist. Immediately. Why? Because she was so filled with the Spirit, so glad to not be in that junk again. She was shouting joys, joys and praises and thanksgiving to God and she wanted to share that with everybody. We must ask ourselves, Am I anywhere close to having this kind of walk with the Lord to do what that woman did? No condemnation now. We've all missed it, but we all can change it. Will the Holy Spirit come out to meet the people you speak to? You better know he will. Verse 31, meanwhile his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. We bought all these hamburgers back for you. But he said to them, I have food to eat of that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him a steak or something? (laughs) Verse 34, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They're ripe of harvest. I believe that's the declaration to over Oklahoma City today. Open your eyes. Look at the fields. They're white to harvest. The buds are ready. They're opening. They're ready. People need to hear the truth. People need to be touched with the life word giving faith and power of Jesus Christ. Christ. Even now, those who reap draw their wages. Even now, they harvest the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Verse 37, thus saying, one sows and other reaps. It's true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Mm. Others have done the hard work and you've reaped the benefits of their labor. And, And Paul brings this back up. One sows, one uh, one uh, reaps, but the, the Lord, get, excuse me, one sows, one waters, but the Lord gives the increase. One sows, one waters, God gives the increase. Well, there's a harvest too. And maybe you've had the privilege of sowing seed or watering seed or harvesting seed. It's all part of it. We work together as a team on that. Okay? So where is the harvest? Where is the harvest? It's everywhere. Could it be next door to you? 
Could it be where you work, where you go to school? Could it be the person that was just raging at you in a car issue? Could it be that person working behind that counter, that butcher or, or that salesperson? Could it be a mechanic working on your car? Could it be somebody that's make, making a Slurpee for you? Could it be some little child that's next door, like I have the HOA next door to me, playing basketball or, or whatever? Could it be, could it be, could it be, could it be everywhere you go? How many more people today than 2,000 years ago need to be reached? Oof. Matthew 9.35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Notice people got healed because Jesus was going to them, preaching the gospel. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. We need to rip our hearts and let the compassion of Jesus touch those that we come into contact with. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. Have we prayed that recently? Hmm. Have we been on the other end of that prayer? Have we prayed for workers to be sitting in the field and the Lord says, you go. I like what Keith, Keith Green said 40 years ago. He said, unless God tells you to stay at home, you gotta go. You don't have any choice. Because he says, go ye. <laughs> Matthew 10, 1, it's the same uh, continuance even though it's the next chapter. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Are there evil spirits around today? Oh my gosh. You know when John Wesley preached, he didn't say, I'm here to cast out devils. He just preached and devils started manifesting, coming out. He'd go to people that were sick, lay hands on them, and demons would come out. He, from what I've read, he didn't go in to just say, well, we're going to get rid of that devil or something. He went in and started preaching the gospel, and they came out. It was part of the anointing that God gave him to deal with demonic spirits, to set those at liberty free, according to Luke 4, 18, 19. And we have the same God to do the same things. I remember years ago, Youth America, 1994, <laughs> uh, the, the big evening meetings were in that big pavilion down there. There wasn't even a roof on that big auditorium yet, much less air conditioning or decent walls or anything. It, would, it had been a warehouse. And I was called before the meeting. The meeting kind of started, but it was just a preliminary. And I was called. They said, Pastor Dan, would you help? There's a girl that has a demon, and the youth pastor can't get it out. And says, where? <laughs> Here comes the Lord. He's carrying me in there. 
And we go into one of the girls' dorms right at the very front where, where the entrance area is. And this girl's laying down. His youth pastor's, you know, really working with her. He's saying good stuff, but it's not working. And I've been through a few of those before. And, you know, I said, mind if I help you a little bit? No, come on. And I got her involved with the process to make confession, to believe out of her heart what she really believed and to say with her tongue what she really wanted to say. That devil came out, praise God. He had no hold on her. Glory to God, glory to God. Be instant in and out of season. You start preaching the gospel, guess what? God's going to use you. If you don't preach, God can't use you. Oh, yeah, he can use you to a certain extent. But, I mean, God really wants to use you. And you don't have to preach. You don't have to yell, scream, jump up and down, turn around, roll, fall on the floor and roll around. Just share. You know, let me tell you what God did in my life. That's a good opening sentence. Just talk, give your testimony. Your testimony has power in it. And it'll come unloosed when you share it with somebody. In fact, that's just about as strong a word as any of us will ever be able to share is the, our testimony. I once was lost, but now am found. But I got it all mixed up. I did it again. I once was lost. <clears throat> Come on, help me, somebody. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, thank you, John Newton. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Carol. Oh, my gosh. Look at that worship group something else. Praise God. They actually sing on key all the time, too. Hallelujah. Many Christians say today that they want to see the miraculous, that they want to see the healings, that they want to see the great things of God. Well, when will you see them? Be ready to share the to the lost. The Lord... With uh, gives you an, a load of arsenal to fight the enemy with, to overcome him. Uh, and he sent a letter confirming it afterwards. Uh-huh. Good place to say amen. His letter confirmed it. I think I've shared before that uh, one day I'm just driving and out of the corner of my eyes, I see a, a kid at the street that was intersecting to the one I was on and the Lord says, go talk to that kid and give him the gospel. And now he didn't say, hello, Dan, this is God. But he was so impressed on me, I, I wanted to obey and I did. And I went to him, he's a 12-year-old kid. He's pretty big for 12. He's a football player. Back, back was hurting him, I didn't know it. Started talking to him, kids in the neighborhood started piling around. We had about five, six kids. I gave an opportunity to be born again, to know Jesus. I prayed for that young man who had a continual ongoing back injury from football, and Jesus healed him instantly. And he brought his dad to church that next Sunday, and they stayed a member of the church until they moved out of state. 
Things happen when you just let Jesus be Jesus. Amen. They happen. Amen. I had no idea what I was getting into. God didn't say, okay, go over there. This is going to happen. 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 No, he just impressed me to do it. And I did. And he did. And the kid got it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, there was, I remember one young teen who was delivered instantly when he was saved and baptized in the spirit, delivered of sex, drugs, and alcohol instantly. He followed up with a letter to me. He was out of state when I was out of state. And he followed up within the next couple, three weeks with a letter confirming all the things that had happened in his life. He got rid of his girlfriend. He got rid of the drugs and the alcohol. Amen. 14 years of age. Amen. You know, God is willing to clean up a mess. I don't like to change dirty diapers. But you know, God loves it. God loves it. I'll do it if it's absolutely necessary and I can't find somebody else in the room. I'm just being honest. But the truth of the matter is God loves to clean up dirty diapers. He loves to make people, unrighteous people, into his image, manifestedly speaking, acting like him, talking like him, loving like him, joyful like him, peaceful like him. He does the work. We were the fish that stank. And he is the fisherman that filleted us and got us all smooth going and we smell sweet now. Every once in a while, I get a little stink on us. We've got to go to him and get it cleaned up, but he'll do that. God's in that business. That's the reason he went to the cross. Praise God. We basically have three quests in our life after salvation. One of them is to know God and to know him intimately. The second is to come to the knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy 2.4. The third one is to make him known. To make him known, to preach the gospel, to love people. To know God is to be born again. To come to the knowledge of the truth is to accept your call as a minister of reconciliation. Because when you study the word of God, you read that you are a minister of reconciliation, an ambassador of Christ Jesus. That you have the spirit of God in you to lead you, guide you, teach you, train you, and to share the life of God. To make him known is to fulfill your call as a minister of reconciliation. And that comes out in every shape, form, fashion, flavor of each person individually. Somebody, you know, there's, there's a, the, the strong guy goes, you, you need to get, that's pretty cool, get saved. That's, that's Kelly, you know, he's right in their face, man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dion, she's real sweet, lovable type, you know, she gets over there, plays cool with it. Well, wherever you are on the spectrum, just go for it. You don't have to come off religiously speaking or anything like that, brother. Let's take a look at the field of harvest. As a Christian, my assignment is to pray, to search and study the scriptures in preparation for knowing God and being able to explain him. See, we're supposed to be ready to give a reason when we're called upon to do that. In that process... My eyes will be open so that I see the harvest field. 
To any Christian that wants to further his or her relationship with the Lord will find no better way to do that than it's sharing Jesus with others. Because when you share Jesus with others, you'll start to find out there's a few things you don't know that you need to study out a little bit. Yes. When you start sharing with Jesus other people, uh, sharing Jesus with other people, you'll find out God's going to touch your heart, yes. raise that compassion thermometer. Yes. Folks, when Jesus was moved with compassion according to the Word of God, we realize that things happened. Miracles happened. People got healed, saved, directed. They changed their lives. When I used to do the, the on, online meetings to Pakistan, it was so wonderful to see groups anywhere from, the littlest I think I ever did was about 50, the biggest 2,500. Most of them were three, four, five hundred. 500. To see people that have heard the word of God, 75% was the average number of people that converted. 75%. Because all they'd heard about was Allah. And they heard that Jesus Christ loves you, cares for you, and is going to help you along the way. Oh, my gosh. And then the individual people at the church that we worked with, they would start ministering after I was through, and demons were coming out, and healings came through. I prayed for people for healing, but they carried the next step. And people were healed. People were set free. Lots of, lots of people set free from demons. It, and then they, of course, ministered to them on the follow-up. That's what this gospel is all about. Where is the harvest? It's right under your nose. Okay? It's, like I said, it's where you live, where you work, your gas station, where you buy gas, where you have your clothes clean, uh, your extended family, the man, woman, or dog that's walking down the street. Nothing else you can practice on the dog. Okay? I'm going to read just a, a short. This, uh, this is the... Uh, quarterly magazine by Oklahoma Council for Public Affairs and they're really doing a lot of things with educational system and, uh, in Oklahoma and if you haven't listened to some of the things that are happening in the LGBTQIA plus impact it's trying to have on our country especially young people then you need to be aware of that and you need to be aware of the seriousness and the ramifications and all the things it's trying to force on people. Here's a young lady, uh, Chloe Cole, who shared her powerful testimony as a detransitioner. Chloe shared how she began taking puberty blockers at the recommendation of doctors when she was only 12 years old. Her treatment escalated from there she began presenting as a boy, took testosterone, and at age 15 underwent a double mastectomy on the advice of her doctors. By 16, she regretted the decision, and losing all of her doctors had robbed her of, and she detransitioned. Folks, compassion has got to rise in our hearts. You can't change your gender. Every cell in your body, which I forgot, it's like a billion different codes for DNA in your body. Each cell has that same code connecting you to you and nobody else. And you can't change that. You can chop and cut and change the hormones and all those sorts of things. 
but it won't change your physical body, and your physical body is part of you. Read the book, Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy. That's how she points out the three-part being that we are, spirit, soul, and body. And you can't, you, you can't just cut your body out of the picture. It, it's, it's unbelievable. And the forcings. Um, I'm sorry, I got that back. That's a heritage. That's the heritage magazine. This one's going to be the OCPA one because I have a story in each of them. Heritage was the first one I just gave you. OCPA is this one. OCPA works with education in Oklahoma. Heritage works with it nationally. Because of the Freedom of Information Act and our Secretary of Education, OCPA, they go and they, they request and they have to give it to them college information about DEI. It's a diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion. And those are good words sounding. But what they actually mean is what you need to ask the question. What does that mean? And you'll get a different answer than what you think it is. And it's, it's doctrines of demons is what it is, the way it's taught, the way it's taught. And if anybody has any questions, you just let me know and we'll sit down and talk about it. I want to. I want to make sure that you have that clear understanding because it is totally anti-Christ. And we don't need that in our state. And yet, through the teacher unions and the forced things that teachers are doing, maybe in good intentions, I'm not going to judge that, but I'm going to judge what they do. It's sick. It's sick. So they've got information out on how much money an OU spent only $84 million the last five years teaching this instead of classes, instead of, you know, law or social studies or English or math or science. Just read you a few things. Touting diversity and inclusion, OU warns students, Boomer Suter could be problematic. OU host former Communist Party candidate and accused terrorist, paid him to come speak at the school. OU scraps homecoming king and queen. This is a nice one gives royalty title to two men. Did you know that? OU places menstrual products in men's bathrooms for the trans men. OU seeks social justice math professor. Instead of a math instructor, they want somebody else that'll speak what they want them to speak. OU and Gender Center to host first drag workshop. OU, part of the money deal that was disclosed was they put together a program to present drag shows to two to eight-year-old children. Two years old. I've got a great granddaughter, three. She didn't need to look. I'm sorry to be graphic, but she didn't need to look at some weird guy showing his butt in sexual gyrations at three years of age, or any age as far as that goes. I don't want to see it. My gosh. OU Gender and Equality Center to host first drag workshop. Okay. Um, OU Health suggests hysterectomies for males. The 
college of the OU education college is basically captured. In fact, I read just this morning that nationwide, the departments of education in our national colleges enrollment's down in half of what it used to be, 50%. And that's because what they've been teaching is a bunch of junk rather, why are the kids testing so badly? Because they don't, they're not taught anything. Chinese government maintains presence at OU. I'm sure they've got a lot of good things to tell you. Folks, this is truth. And it's, it's Trojan hard, a lot of Trojan horses. They just get in one way and then they do whatever they want to do. They spew out their manure and they take students that are sent there to learn and this is what they're teaching them. And OU's not the only school in, OU, in Oklahoma. It's bad. It's probably the worst, but OSU. And this, this article names about six or eight others. Uh, and they're, they're not teaching reading and writing and arithmetic taught to the tune of a hickory stick. <laughs> yeah, some of you get that, some of you don't. The hickory stick is a spanking, okay? <laughs> it's called discipline. <laughs> Why do people do this? Do what? Well, first of all, there are three basically types of people that we need to look at. The people who are involved pushing this agenda, the people who influence those involved, and the people who allow those involved in one way or the other. And to be honest with you, we're allowing it. All of us are guilty to some extent. Let's look at Romans chapter 1. I've been saying for a long time that I'm going to share on this. And I didn't know I was going to come out this way, but this is what we'll do. Romans 1.16 Love this verse. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is of by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of human beings who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. God has written two books. Don't get nervous. Written two books, the Bible and creation. And they both take us back to him. And when we look at creation, we know we have a confirmation that this is a higher power. It doesn't prove that Jesus is God, which he is, was, and always will be. But it does prove that there was a divine essence that made all this stuff. A mind, uh, this world's designed, your body's designed, everything has a design, the universe, the 
the planets and everything. It's all designed. It takes a designer. Okay? It's the mind of God. And that's where people that live in some place on an island somewhere far away and they've never heard the gospel, they see that there is a divine being. And when they do that, all they have to do is ask him. And he will demonstrate and manifest himself to them one way or the other. Read a lot of stories about that. People, you know, in places where there's tribes that are in New Guinea or someplace like that. And they haven't heard the gospel, but they're seeking God. And guess what? Up pops a missionary. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you some stories, and that's just mind-boggling. And, but it happens. God, people are only responsible for what they know and what they could know. And if they, want to, if they want God, God will make himself known to them. Because God's just. He will not do something that's unjust. He can't. God cannot do un, anything unjust. Everything he does is just. So the higher power is revealed in the book of creation. Praise God. And then we go on from there. We're going to see four things. We're going to see four steps that every world empire that's ever existed has gone through these four steps. Number one, Romans 1.21. For they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Step two, depravity starts sitting in. Verse 24, therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. So whomever you present your members to, that's whom you're serving. And also in that process, there's a multiplication process. So if you're getting closer to God, it's going to carry you closer to God. If you're getting further from him, it'll carry you further from him. Number three, step number three. Not only has every generation, excuse me, every empire gone through these steps, but individuals go through these steps when they fall away from God. This is the opposite of what he's planned for our lives. Number three, verse 26. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. And you can thank a lot of those errors. This, this Chloe Cole lady, she received in her the recompense of her reward. People 
urging her, forcing her, if you would, um, because they had an influence in her. Doctors. I'll stop right there and tell you another one. I just heard this this morning on news. The young man. It's heartbreaking. He said he was at 11. He was, he said, I was an effeminate boy. Black, pink stuff and a lot of the girly things. But he said he was struggling with homosexuality. But he started hearing about transgendering and he thought that that would solve his problem. So he, he came out as a boy, excuse me, came out as a girl at 13. Came out identifying as a girl. And I believe, I, I, I want to be exact as I can. I believe at 15, do you remember exactly? I think it was 15, he started taking estrogen. Yeah, started taking estrogen at 15. He had puberty blockers already. I didn't say that. At 13, he started puberty blockers. They put a deal in his arm. And at 15, he started taking estrogen. It's 16. He realized there's something wrong here. This stuff hadn't helped my mental illness. Twice, doctors encouraged him, according to what he said. Doctors encouraged him to take those steps. This will fix you. They talked about how glorious it would be, how free he would be, and all these other things that medical doctors had presented to him. He was castrated at 19. Now he's young 20s, sterilized, realizing everything he did was a mistake because he didn't go through puberty correctly. His spine is in, he's got spinal issues. And that's very common because puberty helps you develop your bones and your bones grow. So all these people, I shouldn't say all, these people are given stories about osteoporosis because they've, you know, taken the wrong, they've taken puberty blockers, which keeps them from properly developing. And he'll also be smaller than what he should be. If your heart doesn't break for people like this, if, if you don't have compassion, seek God and get it. They're trying to destroy our children. This is not people. This is a demon organized, given, thrusted, anointed step. They wanted to kill babies in the womb, and then they said, well, you know, you can abort a baby up to five days after they're born. And then they start all these other things. They try to destroy the, the family. They destroy men and women. You know, women are women and men are men. And, and then there's people trying to convince them that if you change your outward appearance that you're going to change your thoughts about life. He had suicidal thoughts. And that's part of the reason they said you need to do this to get rid of those thoughts. If a girl has, if she's anorexic and you know she's anorexic, you don't say, okay, let me give you liposuction. That's not going to help her. She's, she thinks she's fat and she's not, so we don't go ahead and do what she thinks. We help her mental health it's just connected with demons. We, you know, there's people that call themselves um, 
this gen, I believe it is. Brad, Kelly, can you help me? This, is it, it, what, the, what they want to do is identify as disabled. They want to just, so they're willing to do any, they want to go in wheelchairs and they can walk. Some of them want to have, you know, one of their arms cut off so they'll be disabled. We don't cut their arms off. We don't break their legs. Why should we do the same thing to their sexual anatomy? I mean, it's ignorance, stupidity, Uh, mostly just rebellion to the creator of God who made them who died on the cross for them, who brought life to them. And he says, you can choose life and you can choose death. Choose life. The enemy comes not but to steal, kill, destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, Jesus said. John 10, 10, the split of the Bible. The difference from the Old Testament into the New starting to be revealed and what God, the God kind of life in us would do. Folks, our kids are not being educated correctly. I have five grandkids, two different uh, middle school, high schools involved here. One of them is, according to the kids I've talked to, my, my own grandkids, one of them is not too bad, and that one's pretty bad. One of them's in the Oklahoma City area, one of them's in Tulsa area. Well, it's to some degree, and I know Vanessa's shared with me several times about what she's aware of. She's at UCO, and she's aware of a lot of the school things here locally that I'm not aware of, that she just terms disgusting. <laughs> it It's... Our country's got problems. There's no doubt about it. Things need to be changed. There's no doubt about it. But this is not the answer. This is not the answer to, to, to murder our children in their minds, in their physical anatomy, to take away from them the ability to procreate. Well, God says, fill this earth up. There are people that want to hold us back population-wise which doesn't work, it'll destroy your, your country. Just ask Japan what they've done the last 30 years. They're in a quagmire they can't get out of because of their limitation on, on people, birth, etc. China realized that and they changed some of their laws. India's got more people now than China does. Just passed them recently because India doesn't have any limitations on it. Folks, we've got to wake up. We cannot be ignorant of the devil's devices. And there are churches in this country just like us that love God and want to do the right thing. And then there are churches that are sitting on their butts doing nothing about it, just trying to soothe everybody's soul that sits next to them in the chair and see what I can get out of you know, the, the church attendance. And then there are churches that have digressed into progressive Christianity, which negate the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the salvation of our sins, that he died and rose again. And they call themselves churches. Methodist denomination has been split all to hell because people have stood up and said, we're not going that way. Yeah. I heard two weeks ago there have been 6,200 Methodist churches in the United States 
it's left the denomination over the, the uh, sexual identity stuff. And they're not the only ones by any means. Oh, it, we, we're going to be nice. The nicest thing you can do to somebody is love them and tell them the truth. Uh, Jimmy Buckingham wrote a book 30 years ago said uh, you shall know the truth and truth will make you free but it will hurt for a little bit <laughs> yep yep it'll hurt but it's okay it's a good hurt it's like getting that thorn out it may hurt digging it out but once it's out yeah you can't get it healed but it's still sticking in there praise God Number four, furthermore, they haven't read that yet, have they? Just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. That's the manifestation that ends the empires. That's a manifestation that we see right now rising up in our country. Depraved minds. So that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're gossip, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do those very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Oh, I may need to read that again. They not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. Every person that's hearing this needs to study Romans 1 and 2. Please emphasize, let me emphasize several warnings from heaven. Number one, virtually every great historical empire the world's ever known has passed through the same very steps, four steps. Number two, notice the dire warning. Although, verse 32, they, although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, deserve death, they not only continue to do those things, but also approve those who practice them. Number three, where's the harvest? Start off with yourself. What do I think? What do I say? What do I believe? Do I have the opportunity to speak up? Do I take the opportunity when it's presented me? Will I do that or will I cry down to the devil and let him run over somebody that's around me? Number two, how about your loved ones? Will you take a, the optimistic step and go out and share with them? Number three, how about other people? Do we love other Do we care? Are people? This is a heaven-hell deal. This is eternity. This is forever. People are destroying their lives. This, this last appears to both of them. But this last kid I talked about, you know, there's no going back. There's no going back. I heard today coming into church a testimony on the Christian station I was living, listening to. And the lady DJ said, here is a story I want to tell you about 
this guy ought to be teacher of the year, and I don't even know if he can teach or not. But it was about a boy in school that had a need for a kidney transplant. And this teacher went through six months of tests, off and on, going through all the things to find out that he could give him one of his kidneys. And they're doing that surgery today. Taking the kidney out of this teacher and giving it to this teenage boy. That's love. That's sacrificial love. The ultimate of it. And you can live fine with one kidney. My uncle did for decades and decades. And he had surgery back in the late 40s. He lost it because it was a disease, not because he was donating it. Are we willing to lay down our lives like Jesus did? I'm not saying everybody ought to go give a kidney, but we have a recipient right here right now that's been through this in our congregation. And we're praying for greater and better, better things, Carl. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Do we love people or do we just say, I love you, I love you, I love you? Do we mean love? Do we mean that we'll stop what we're doing to help you get to the next point? This is the kind of school teachers that I can remember. People that do things like that. And it's not just school teachers we're picking on, it's anybody. The truth is the truth. We need to come together. Just because I'm a Democrat or Republican doesn't mean I'm wrong. I opened my mouth for a while, you'll probably know if I'm wrong or not. But our country needs real Christianity. I'm listening to an interview. You may, some of you may know Michael Knowles. Most of you probably don't. But he has a, a weekly radio program. And uh, he's a, probably a born-again Catholic. He's definitely strong in his Catholic beliefs. He interviewed the guy, I don't remember his name, the QAnon guy that was the shaman, uh, January 6th at the White House when he, he went through it, got the horns and the painted face and all that stuff. He interviewed that guy for over two hours. I didn't listen to the whole conversation. I listened to probably about 45 minutes of it. But I listened to the point where that guy talked, this QAnon guy, a shaman, pagan religion. And I listened to what he said, and I'm not going to tell you everything he said, but you can catch it. It's on the news out there. But it really touched my heart to know that he's so deceived. That guy's intelligent. He's got, a, he's got a good brain. It's just a deceived brain. He, he said, well, all religions are alike, which, of course, is not true. He said, they all just have different flavors coming out of it. But the reason I'm a, shaman, I'm a shaman is because it's real and because of the personal relationship that I have involved in it. And he was talking about spirituality, whatever that is to them. 
And I'm thinking, there's only one way to Jesus Christ, or to God, it's through Jesus Christ. And, and he is the most personal deity imaginable and then some. To know him. What did Harvard's first precepts written in 1642? To know him is the end point in of your studies at Harvard. Harvard, a Christian statement? Not today. You're not going to get that. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he never saw a real Christian. He never saw somebody that loved Jesus and that just showed him what it's like to be a a Jesus freak. (laughs) What's the old saying? Uh, I'm a fool for Jesus. Whose fool are you? (laughs) (laughs) To be able to touch the heart of God, the the all-knowing, omnipotent, out of space, time, and matter, the creator of billions of galaxies. Not just stars, galaxies, never-ending love, to know him, to know him. And here's a guy that never saw, in America, never saw a real Christian, obviously. Do we shine? Do we salt the area that we walk into today? I'm not downing anybody. Come on, don't let me hear it. Don't don't let me say that. I'm just trying to say, it's in you. He is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are you letting the glory out? Are you letting the witness of Jesus Christ carry you to the next place in life? Are you making a difference when you walk into the room? He makes a difference when he walks in the room. Well, he lives in you, right? What, when you meet with your family, you meet with your neighborhood, meet with people. The people at work, when they've got a problem, do they come to you to ask for a prayer, even though you may not have been vocal about it? Because they, I remember being in business and a lady walked in one day to my office and she said, I wish my husband had a Bible on his desk. And I said, ma'am, that Bible is red too. I promise you, it's real, it's red. She said, that's so wonderful. She wanted a husband that would be the spiritual head of her home. And she had her, uh, one of her boys was real good friends with one of mine. They were good people. The, The witness of Jesus is necessary and he's using us to do that. Praise God. Where is the awe of God in our lives? I added an extra page. There it is. Uh, Before I came in here, that's the reason I was late to walk in there. God told me to be sure and go over this. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred 
and you together are that temple. And then a couple pages over, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor practicing homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. We're all guilty somewhere along that line. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. <sighs> Folks, we know him. And we should be ecstatically thankful that God has drawn us to himself, ex exposed himself to us, given us the gospel message, and that by his grace we were saved through faith. There's a lot of people that aren't. A lot of people. What I want to do today is I just want to, nobody coming up here to make the, an altar call or anything, Although if you want to do that, you're always welcome. But I want you to consider several things and make a decision in your heart, wherever you are, because all of us are going to be different places. But I want to run three things by you. Where am I in all of this? What do I believe? Do I believe what the Bible says? If I don't, then you need to deal with that. You need to repent of lack of knowledge I don't think anybody in here has got rebellion of knowledge. You might, some areas, I don't know. But lack of knowledge. And you need to repent of that and get into the Word of God in these areas and see how important this is because it's not just a mamby-pamby, oh, this is the way we ought to be. This is the way that we are given the opportunity to be and commanded to be to walk with Jesus. The second thing that I'd like for you to consider repenting of is that you may not know anything. You're, you're sitting there as a Christian and you don't know the times and seasons. You don't know what's happening in the world. You don't know what our, how the attack is so strong right now against our society, against our culture, against everything in the past. And everybody's trying to rip this and rip that and say that and put that person down. And some of these words that describe certain things change every other week. And I'm not exaggerating. The Oxford Dictionary, Kelly brought that up when he preached. And there's several more areas that he discovered one. I don't know how many changed, but I know of another one. A thing called sin. Maybe you need to repent of that. Lord, I'm not aware of the times and seasons. And pray, pray. The church needs to be on its knees believing God. And then thirdly, what can you do about it outside of that? 
You know, I'm not saying you ought to give your kidney to somebody. That's between you and God. But I am saying that there's a lot of things we can do. Do we know of a young person that's got gender dysphoria, that they're confused? The, the age that puberty brings about brings about several things that are very important for a person to be able to take into adulthood. One of those is morality. One of them is intimacy. One of them about is, is their autonomy. One of them trying to establish their identity. Why am I here? Am I just here to have sex? Or am I here for a greater purpose? Am I here for to glorify God and to touch people's lives, to live it to the fullest, to be involved in my family or my neighborhood or my church or wherever you would touch the lives of people. That is so important because you are the only Jesus that some people will ever see. This shaman didn't see Chris Lewis. He didn't see Kathy Williams. If he had, he'd been different. He'd had a chance. And he still has a chance, by the way. I love people who give a testimony about the various things that God's done in their life. And we're going to start doing that more. I'm going to put some of you on the spot. Just be ready. <laughs> be ready. The staff is going to find out Tuesday something that they don't know yet. We're going to do some things. We're going to lead. You are a leader. A leader is an influencer. Leaders influence people. And it's worth it. Well, I'm afraid somebody may turn it down. Well, big deal. They're turning down the key of life. Maybe they're like me when I was lost and somebody would give me truth. And I say, oh, yeah, I know all that. By the way, I, I got to go. And they kept on and kept on and kept on because inwardly I was seeking for something I didn't know. I thought I knew religion, and I did, but I didn't know Jesus personally, even though I could give you the sinner's prayer. I'm so thankful that God saved me I thank God with every fiber of my being. He saved me. He, he filled me. He, he established a relationship with me. He called me into full-time ministry, and you're called into ministry. Yours is not really full-time. It's probably a misnomer. You're called into be like Jesus wherever you go. And you should enjoy that. Sometimes you have to get out of yourself so you can get into God. Okay? I had an old kid used to knock doors and sell stuff. Wasn't always easy, but sure was fine when I got a sale made. Yep. Like making that dollar when I sold that Christmas card box. Like making that dollar 75 when I sold those street number signs. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Kid down the block was working all day long to sell dollars worth of lemonade, make some money, and here I am, you know. But it was good. Made me realize I 
I don't have any limits that I don't put on myself. If Jesus Christ, the only limit you've got is you. Would you bow with me, please? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just uh, thank you so much for salvation to the fullest, for each one of us, for those yet that are coming, for those of us that are part of this body that aren't here today because of different reasons. Thank you, Lord. And right now, as we're in an attitude of prayer, and I gave you three things a while ago. And um, first of all, if you have anything that we've read about today, any issues with them personally, seek God, repent to Him, ask Him to remove that, Ask him to show you how to remove that. Ask him how you can walk out of that as he speaks awake to righteousness and sin not. Number two, if you're someone who's not aware of what's going on in the world today so that you can counteract that through your prayers and actions and activities and words, then I'm asking you to repent in the name of Jesus for that. And number three, for those of you that have had opportunities or will be coming up with opportunities to be able to share the truth with people and uh, you're, you haven't felt like you could do that, I want you to repent too, if you would, to Jesus, asking for boldness to come into your life, asking for compassion to come into your life so that he will enable you to do those things. And we're just going to take a minute I'm not going to say anything else. And I want you to take this opportunity to repent directly to the Lord and to ask him for his guidance, leadership, and enablement, his grace to carry you through that in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each person hearing this message now, the people in this room, the people that are listening to the video, whether it be tomorrow, the next day, next year, whenever. I pray for your strength to be released into them, that may, they may know the hope of your calling, that they would be activated in season and out of season to be who you've made them to be and all that they can be. Thank you that your grace is sufficient to carry them 
through any weaknesses or shortcomings they may have. And thank you, Lord, that their hearts are affixed to you. Their sincerity to you is something I know that you will bless. I thank you for empowering them, for emboldening them, for their walk with you to be illuminated, that they'll look to you, turn to you, walk with you in every aspect of their lives, and count on you to help them. You said that if we appeared to kings, you would be there with us to give us the word right then and there. So we thank you, Father God. We take that as apply to anybody we meet when we're sharing the good news. We'll leave, and then we'll leave the results up to you for your glory. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for touching the lives of others in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Oh, praise God. Pastor Kelly. Wow, we should be encouraged and not be overwhelmed. Hallelujah. Remember, we are encouraged by the Word of God. Amen? We are not overwhelmed. Hallelujah. Think about that. Hallelujah. Get our eyes on who? On Him. He's the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As he was sharing this morning some of the things that he talked about regarding sowing and reaping, and I was like, whoa, he's going to share what I wanted to share for the, the uh, offering time. But the Bible talks about sowing seeds of faith through our generous giving. Pastor Dan was challenging us to be generous in our walk in life, generous towards others, allowing his compassion, his generosity Compassion is filled with generosity, you know. Hallelujah. And that generosity is expressed in so many different facets. Okay? And so uh, we're asking God for us to walk in generosity. Hallelujah. Generosity, which really is uh, filled with compassion. And in that, okay, there are seeds that we sow based out of that generosity, based out of that compassion that he gives. Amen? Hallelujah. And so if we give or are generous in a sparing way, then what are we going to receive? A sparing result. Okay? If we're generous, okay, in a whole big way, then what is our the response going to be? A very generous, okay, response. Hallelujah. We were asked this morning, what can we do about it? I know one of the things that I've been doing is, uh, Lord, I ask you to give me opportunities to be generous, to be compassionate, divine moments that will cross my path where I can express okay, the compassions of the Lord, where I can express okay, the, the word of God. Hallelujah. We're asking, well, what can I do about it? There you go, right there. Ask him to give you opportunities. And then number two, one of those opportunities is even financially. Did you hear that? Oh, don't touch my finances, Pastor Kelly. Don't you dare go there. I work hard for that. Yeah, so do I. And I've learned 
that if I can be generous, just like he's generous, he's generous enough to give me a job and to allow me the opportunity to have money so that I can in turn be a good steward and then release it when opportunities come. And here's an opportunity. Hallelujah. And so whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously reaps generously. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Hallelujah. Look at someone and say, this is good. Many personal experiences that I've had of being stirred to give when it seemed like it was a challenge. But I never regretted the results of those acts of faith when I gave in obedience and in service to the Lord. Today, when you give, remember to do it as unto the Lord. Don't do it for people. Do it as unto the Lord. When you give of your finances, you give of your generous life, you give of your time. Give it as unto the Lord. Don't give it, okay, as for a person. Hallelujah. You will not regret it. Look at your neighbor and say, no regrets. Colossians 3, 17 and verses 23 through 24 say, And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, like giving, Hallelujah. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Hallelujah. So remember, as you give in all the facets of your life, which includes giving financially. Don't forget, it's unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You are no longer yourself. Who do you belong to? I don't know if I like that or not. No, you just haven't given your life completely over to him then. He'll be patient with you. <laughs> uh, we just want to remember how we give. Okay, we give through texting. We give online. We give, you know, with the envelopes there in the back. Okay, but be generous in your giving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, of course, you know the announcements that we have, you know, Wednesday uh, at 7. Okay, we have our uh, continuation of what lies have you swallowed. Okay, and uh, we had some powerful ones last Wednesday that were released. And, and we want to be aware of them. Amen. The enemy is all around, and he's in the church too. Just because you're in a church, okay, doesn't mean that not, the enemy's not there to try and, and deceive you into thinking things. Things that might you even think are in the Word, and they're not. <laughs> but we think they are, okay? Some birthday, okay? Miss Kathy Williams, take a few moments. Stand, please. Hallelujah. Her birthday was a few days ago, you know, but we want to celebrate it today. Hallelujah. You're not supposed to say anything. <laughs> but I'll sing happy birthday to her, okay? <laughs> this is your birthday song. It isn't very long. Someone take her out to eat after church. Hallelujah. Oh, well, if you want to. <laughs> and I don't eat, I won't eat you out of house and home, so hallelujah. And also, we have several that are out today. 
okay, uh, for different reasons. We want to remember Byron. He had surgery this last week, and he's at home. He's doing much better, uh, still looking for complete healing. Vanessa's sister, uh, Valerie, is coming along well in the name of Jesus, but she's with her sister. Louise is with Byron, okay? We thank the Lord for Kathy. They had services yesterday. It's a celebration and a home going. How we glorify God. Hallelujah. We're just so thankful. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Uh, There's so many, Carl, that we're still looking for the healing power of God to touch and make whole. HK, Carol's father-in-law, to, to uh, be brought into wholeness. Hallelujah. Just love on the family of God. Hallelujah. Start off, you know, your generosity by being generous to the people of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand, please, everybody. Glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands if you wish, you know, and we're going to just believe God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Your word has gone forth with power, with authority, with clarity, hallelujah, and with purpose. And I thank you that it's not meant to be digested and then kept inside of us where it gets moldy and old. But Father, where it's going to be released like a river. And we release it like a river, Father, for others to be blessed by. And we just thank you that when we release, we end up with more. And so we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you're in agreement with it, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Love you, love you, love you. Love on one another on the way out. Have a great week.